0: Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to bring your word to your people. Father, we pray now for open hearts and minds as we move in your message. Father, we thank you that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. <clears throat> so this blonde lady was walking through a park one day, and she came across this field, of little kid's, and all the little kids are playing together. except for this one poor child was standing over by herself. She stomped over there by him and said, will they not let you play with them? And he said, no, ma'am, I, I'm good. She was like, really? I think they should let you play with them. And he said, no, I, I'm good. I promise I'm good. She was like, I, I'm going to go stop them from playing because you, you need to get over there and run with them. He said, look, lady, I'm the goalie. I'm supposed to be here. <clears throat> I don't usually do soccer jokes, but yeah, it's tough times. <clears throat> All right, so um, we, talked about, we talked about last week, we talked about authority, and we're going to talk about something uh, this week that's uh, something we've heard a bunch of in, in over time, but it's something that's been that we need to refresh your course on, and we need to, to, to understand and, and, and start to develop, and we're going to talk about faith, right? And I know y'all had never heard any sermons about faith, um, but if you will, turn with me to Hebrews. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Let me back up. Let me give me... I, I, I'm struggling with something. I, I told Riley that this week. Sometimes I feel like my introduction goes too long, so then I get out of the... I'm, I'm worried about people on Facebook clicking off. So if you're on Facebook, don't click off yet. We'll get there in just a second. But the idea of faith, um, people kind of point only to, to you know the Bible or the church or whatever. And that's not true. You have faith in lots of things. I mean, you have faith in things... Um, I mean, like Grenada used to say, I didn't see a single one of y'all touch the bench to make sure it was going to hold you up, right? Or make sure the building was going to fall, not fall down when you walked in. But it's even more than that. I, I bet not a single one of y'all checked your brakes on your car before you drove off, right? I mean, you knew when you got to the stop sign that when you mashed the brake that it was going to stop, right? I mean, that's faith, I mean, it's not as faith, as much faith anymore in 2021, hoping the brakes are going to stop as it was in years past, right? I mean, the older vehicles probably struggle with brakes a little bit more. But you still depend on faith. You have faith in your family, and you have faith in your job, and you have faith in your income, and you have faith in your food supply. I mean, we live in faith all the time. And to say that you don't have faith is not true. There's not a single person in here that does not have faith. What I'm talking about is faith in God. Because faith, you have faith. I mean, you had faith the building wasn't going to fall down. You had faith that you were going to wake up this morning. I bet most of you made lunch plans. You have faith that you're going to live long enough to eat lunch. Right? I mean, or, or, or at least hope, right? That you're going to live long enough to eat lunch. But it's not guaranteed, right? But we have faith in all kinds of things. We have faith in our security system. We have faith in our locked doors. We have faith in our employees. We have faith in our spouse. Right? So, so we operate in the world of faith every day. So why then is it so hard to operate in faith in God's word? And the number one thing that I hear resounding is, well, yeah, but I don't know how that works. I don't know how God's word works. So how, how can I have faith in it? Well, I'll take any, any volunteers right now to come up and give me a diagram on how an internal combustion engine operates. I mean, I'm sure there are folks here that can work on internal combustion operates uh, engines, but most of y'all don't have a clue. You turn the switch, it cranks up. That's all you need to know. But somehow we want to discredit what God does because I don't understand how it works. Y'all understand five-speed transmissions? Y'all understand the electrical grid on how lights turn on and turn off? I mean, I bet not, right? In general, I mean, do y'all understand how the little girl that. Chick-fil-A says, my pleasure, and you drive around the building, and they hand you a delicious sandwich? No, you don't understand that. You don't get it. And we blindly accept it as that's just how it is, because we have faith in the process. We have faith that our car is going to crank up, that it's going to drive when we put it in drive, that it's going to stop when we mash the brakes. You have faith that your house is still going to be there when you get home, right? You do. You do. You have faith that your children are going to do what they're supposed to do most of the time. Okay, well, maybe not so much faith in the children. <laughs> but we have faith in things all the time, and the only time we struggle with the idea of faith is when we start talking about God's word. And I want to ask you why. Because the truth is, is, is um. Based on the internal combustion engine or or the idea of having houses or Chick-fil-A's drive through this, this right here, it's been around much, 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 much longer. This is much more reliable. 150 years ago, if you asked somebody if they trusted the brakes on their car, they would have looked at you like you were crazy, right? Because they didn't understand what brakes were or cars were 150 years ago. They couldn't have faith in it because they'd never seen it. But God's word has been around for a long, long, long time. And my gracious, it's time for us to have faith in what it says. It hasn't changed. It hasn't lost its value. It hasn't changed. I mean, you know, it did isn't like the 19th edition, you know, says something different in Hebrews 11 than the 18th edition has. They don't change the words. I mean, they, they do make it in a little more readable language. And, you know, I, I know I've told you all this before, but I had a young man one time tell me, He only read the King James Version because that was the one that Paul read. I'm pretty sure Paul didn't read English or, you know, at all or or ever heard of the word English. Um, So, yeah, it, it does change in the translation to where we can have it a better understanding, right? But it doesn't change. The message doesn't change. The words doesn't change. The application doesn't change. So why do we have faith in things that have only been around a mere hundred years and not faith in something that's been around thousands and thousands? How can we have faith in something that, that is just right here and not faith in something that created the universe? Big picture, right? Big picture, creator of the universe. So Hebrews 11, <clears throat> 1, says, Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and in the assurance of what we do not see. So when you talk about faith in God, we're talking about the things that are hoped for but are things that we cannot see. So we use that same faith, right? You have faith that you have money in the bank, right? You, you, I mean, it's supposed to be there, right? But you can't see it. Can you see it? You have faith that your lights are going to work. Can you see electricity? Mm-mm. But if you ever see electricity, it's usually not good. <laughs> So we have faith in all kinds of things, and the Bible says that if faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. See, when God built us, he built us as a a, um, companion for him, right? And in my friend... I have faith, right? You have faith in your friends, right? You have faith in your friends that if you're in a bad enough spot that you have faith in, it might not be in a bunch of friends, but you know you got that one friend that no matter what, he's going to show up or she's going to show up and help me. Or whether it's faith in your mama or faith in your daddy or your sister or your brother or your cousin. But you have faith, right? But how can we not have faith that God's not going to show up? The Bible says that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. Nothing can separate me from his love. So how can I not have faith? Because look, I don't care how good your friend is or your brother is or your mama is or your daddy is. At some point in time, they're going to disappoint you. Now, I'm not talking trash about your parents or your cousins or your uncles or your brothers. I'm not. But people are flawed, unfortunately. There's nobody perfect. And at some point in time, they will disappoint you. Yet God, the Father of love, the creator of the universe, the one who loved me so much that he sent his only begotten son. I can't think of a single time I've ever been disappointed in God. And if you were, were you really lined up with God's word? Do you have unrealistic expectations of what you think God's supposed to do for you? And see, that also problem causes a problem with our faith, right? We have the promises of God in front of us in the Bible and those things I have faith in. And then we want to create some other ideas of what we think God should do. And then maybe that doesn't happen and we lose faith. How? Would you lose faith in your bank if you went there and they wouldn't serve you food? I mean, think about it. Would you lose faith in your auto parts store if they didn't have groceries on the shelf? But when you have faith in God, there is a specific finite set of things that God says He will do for you. I have faith in those things, not man made, created, outside things. I have faith in what God's Word says. And what God's Word says is that He he loves me, He wants me saved, He wants me healed, He wants me prosperous, He wants me blessed. Right? He wants me to have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He wants me to have all of those things. So when I have faith in God, I have faith in God that he's going to give me exactly what his word said he was going to do. I don't have faith in God for him to do something else that's not in the, this is the agreement. And Hosea says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But when we somehow say that God disappointed me, or God didn't do this, or God didn't do that, is it part of the agreement? Were we somehow looking for food at the bank? Did we ask God to do something that really wasn't what God was supposed to do? Were we putting God's, our hope in God when people let us down? See, that's the difference. And and everybody who has this idea that, you know, that... If, if I pray to God and, 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 you know, I want Michael to do something and I pray for God to tell Michael to do something and Michael don't do that, somehow I'm disappointed in God. That makes sense. Don't make sense to me. All I can be concerned about with God is what I know and what I do and where I'm at and how he leads me and how he teaches me and how he develops me and how he heals me and how he saves me. See, that's my relationship with him. My faith is based on my relationship. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? That's in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we have faith in God, to have faith in God, we hear God's word. Why? Because it lines up with the things that he promised. To have faith in what God will do is to have knowledge of what God has done, right? That experiences, the promises, that all the times that where you saw God show up and show out, and do all of these fantastic, miraculous things, I have faith in those things. I can't find for the life of me one time in the Bible where God awarded somebody to win the lottery. If he did, then I would have faith that God would want me to win the lottery, but he did not. But I do have evidence over and over and over where God showed up and healed people and blessed people and saved people and removed them from um, captivity and was with them in times of trouble, right? All of those experiences that happen in the Bible, they are plain, everyday English. I have faith in those things. I have faith that if I bow down, if I don't bow down to a Another god, and then they throw me in a fiery furnace. I have faith in God that He will show up and walk in the furnace with me. That's what I have faith in. Why? Because that's what His Word said. Do I have faith that God's going to make me win the lottery? No, I don't. I don't, that is unplayed, that is unmerited faith. This is ridiculous. It, do I have faith that God's going to make me six foot tall after I'm forty five years old? No. Why? Because that's ridiculous. That's how unfounded some of our things are. We have this idea that God is this, um, like Amazon, and you just go on and click all the things that you would like to have, and then somehow we're disappointed if we don't get exactly what we wanted. But faith in God should be based on what God's word said over over and over and over and over and over. Let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is, is you have, we have unrealistic expectations of who God is and what God does and what God cares about, right? And somehow he's not living up to your version of who he's supposed to be. So when it comes time to actually be part of who he is supposed to be, our faith is tarnished because we couldn't come up with this unrealistic Unicorns and rainbows over here. So, when it's really time to trust in God, we go, Well, God didn't do what He was supposed to do last time. Because God didn't make my boss be nice to me. I don't think that's God's job. God didn't do something, God didn't do so and so and so. That's not God's job. His word lays out what He does, right? That we are blessed, we are saved, we're redeemed, that we've been bought back, right? That we're healed. Those things fall under the characteristics of what we should have faith in God. Winning the lottery or somebody being nice to you or you getting the job you wanted because, you know, you thought that was what the best thing was you, for you was not having faith because some of those things didn't work out. It's kind of silly. And, it, and, it, and this is a, I know we never heard this message preached this way. But this is, it, it's, been, it's been on me. That we, we somehow build up this thing that we think God should be responsible for that he ain't got no business in. Now, I understand he's the creator of the universe. I get all of that. But we somehow believe that he is affecting things that he doesn't have any a control over. He made people with a free will, right? He made man with a free will. That's what makes us special. We have a free will. He didn't make us robots, so whether I serve God or don't serve God, is my choice. Whether I accept the, accept the promise of the Messiah or not, is my choice. Whether I have faith in him to do what he says, it's my choice. And your choice. So if I'm praying to God for you to do something, how can I be mad at God? Because you didn't do what I, he, I asked him to tell you to do. So then when you get back to what's God do for me, and I have faith in those things. And my faith grows. The more I depend on God, the more I read his word, the more I understand what the Bible says about it, the more faith I have. Hebrews 11. If you haven't ever read Hebrews 11, it's called the Hall of Fame. You should read it. It's a really interesting chapter of the Bible. It's a lot of stories put together. And, and, and what's really awesome, I think, about this is, is like every verse just about starts off with the same words, right? So verse 3, by faith, we understand that the universe is formed by God at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. By faith, he was commended by as righteousness when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death, and he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Right? You can't be pleasing to God without faith in God. But if you go on and read the rest of the chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, over and over and over and over. And it talks about all of these extraordinary things, right? I mean, just to go down the list just a little bit, by faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed God, went as a stranger into a new land, right? By faith, Sarah, being past childbearing age, was able to have a child, Right? By faith, Abraham tested God. When God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, knowing that God, if he had to kill him, that God would raise him from the dead. That's faith in God. Why? Because God had promised him that he was a father of many nations, and out of him would come the children of Israel. And so regardless of what took place, Abraham said, I know what God's word said. I know what he told me. And I have faith that he is honest true and just abraham did not have faith in god that he was going to win the lottery or that he was going to get a different job or that his wife was going to treat him different or his kids were going to be something they're not or that his team was going to win the super bowl or that you know what i mean abraham had faith in what god told him he knew that god's word was true and not every, nothing else mattered. Everything that God said was going to come true. So even if I kill this child and lay him on the altar and burn him up, that God will bring him back from the dead because he was the child of promise. Now, you say, well, that's far-fetched faith. Really? Is that more or less faith than whether or not you think God should do something in your life? Because what he had was a promise of God, and he had faith that God was going to tell the truth. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you base it on history and historical representation, having faith in what God said is so much easier than having faith in anything else that man did, created, or ever built. Ever, 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 ever. Because every vehicle in this parking lot at some point in time will be a bucket of rust. Every one of them. Every one of them. This building at some point in time will fall down to the ground. It will at some point in time. I don't have faith in this building I have faith in God's word because God's word has been the same from the beginning of time to when he said let there be light and it's still going and it will still go in fact Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away so if you're talking about having faith in something Jesus is talking about having faith in something that's going to last longer than the earth then that's pretty far fetched not really historically God's word is true over and over and over and over and over and over and over God's word shows up and it's true every time every time now not your version of what God's word said or not what you think God's word should have said or how it should affect your life but the truth of the truth is is that how God's word is written down in the Bible has not changed will not is not going to change and having faith then in God's word should be very easy for us right if you compare it in a, in a linear scale, like how long you've been alive and how much you've think, seen things change, and God's Word's not in that list. I saw a little joke one the other day, and a guy was talking to his mama and said, that, you don't understand, my friends are different, they'll never change. And she took out $300 bills. And it was the old one, the one that was almost white, and now the one that is blue. And she said, sweetheart, if they change $100 bills, everything else changes, right? But God's word doesn't change. It hasn't moved. So if you have faith in that green money, how can you not have faith in God? Because if you just look over my lifetime, the $100 bills changed three times. And the values went up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And God's word doesn't move. It hasn't changed a lick. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is forever true. Now, how we don't have faith in that, but we have faith in some vapor, right? That's what, that's what the Bible says, that our life is like a vapor, like a mist. How do we have faith in what we see, but we can't have faith in what God sees? That's a problem. <clears throat> and the problem is, is that somehow we have regulated God into, this is the things that we want you to be concerned over and not these things over here. But if the righteous really walk by faith, we should only be, thank you, Jesus, the air conditioning come on. Whoo, hallelujah. I had faith that was coming. I just didn't know how long it was going to take. Oh, Lord. But if we walk by, if the righteous walks by faith, how can we be moved? Did God's word change? What does James say? Let's go to James. Uh, James chapter five. Is mm, that the one I on. mm, Hold on, time out. Yep, nope, chapter one. James chapter one. Uh, James chapter one says, "Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds." Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask of God who gives generously without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. This person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. That that idea that you're somehow disappointed in God because he didn't do what you thought he was going to do, so you can't have faith in what his promises are, that's the definition of a double-minded man. We trust the world system on this. I don't want God in my money. I don't want God in my blessings. I don't want God in my health. I only want God in... I mean, how do you regulate your life and what you allow God to touch and not to touch? Where do we put... Where does God rank? I mean, if you said to sit down and say, you know, in my retirement, in my job, in my household, in my marriage, in my being a parent, in my everyday life, in my nutrition, in my salvation, and in my healing, where does God rank in those categories? Well, in my wealth, he's not real close to the top. He can, he can go over there. I'll give him a little bit of money on Sunday, but I don't got no time for him. I mean, really, you've you got to think that we're, what God's word says and how true it is in every aspect of our life, and then how do we react accordingly? Because David said that I'm, I'm old now, but I was young once, and I've never seen the children of God beg bread, right? That's what he said that we are blessed. Abraham said that we were blessed going in and blessed coming out, that we were the head and not the tail. Everything that we touched, everything in our hand touched prosperous, right? Those are the promises of God. That's what we should have faith in. That's where our attention should go, along with our healing, our salvation, our redemption, our authority. That's where the faith comes from because the more we know what God's word says about us, the more faith we have to where we are more confident. We don't walk in testing the floor. We don't sit down and grab the bench make sure it's going to hold. Now I'm going to tell y'all, I hunt in a bunch of deer stands and some of them I don't have as much faith in as others and sometimes I do grab the bottom of it just to make sure that it's going to be there when I get done. You know what I mean? I mean we have to have faith, but not in things that man made. We have faith in what God made. We have faith in God's word and what God created. <laughs> Daggumin'. He done stood up. I ain't started good yet. Oh Lord, we're gonna have phase two next week. So so our faith, if our faith is to be to be built up and stronger, and to mature, then what has to happen is just like lifting weights, right? We can't have only have faith when. Let's say you only have faith when something tragic happens in your life, right? You go on about your your week, day, month, whatever. Don't need God, ain't talking to God, ain't got no business with God. Y'all, God's good, I'm good, we good, let's go. I I got some fire insurance and I don't need him. I got salvation I don't need anything else. And we drudge through life, right? We don't talk to God, we don't have faith in his word, we don't do anything. And then something tragic happens, right? Some horrible instance happens. Terrible. And then all of a sudden... The doctor said we're at the end of our rope and there's no hope and there's nothing to do. And then all of a sudden, then we try to come to faith because we don't have anywhere else to turn. That, that, that's, that's not how it works. It, 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 God can't be a last, result, a, a last resort. Our faith can't be based on, oh Lord, the boat's sinking and the water's in and, and everything else and the sharks are surrounding us and maybe we should pray now. Oh, maybe she had prayed before we left the bank. Because all of a sudden we get into where we need that muscle to be there and ready and our faith to be mature and developed and understanding in what God's word says. And we're not. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have seen people in those situations and tragic situations with little faith or no faith. And God has showed up and done a miracle anyway. and, And most of those people's faith. Rebounds and gets much, much, much better, but I have seen people to go into a tragic situation and God show up and give them a miracle and they go, "Eh, I got lucky. That's a problem. Our faith is developed in us for, for a couple of reasons. One is because we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ, right? And we're supposed to be about doing good, right? Preaching the gospel. And we can't do that without faith in God's word, number one. Number two... You're a better person walking in faith with God. You, it, it makes you better. It makes you better in every aspect of your life. And sometimes, and sometimes coming soon, we're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. The body of Christ is going to be forced to operate in faith. Not when it's convenient. Not when there's a tragedy Every minute of every day we are going to be forced to, and we should not be forced, we should be longing for the opportunity to walk in faith in what God's word says. Walking in the faith that he says what he says and he meant it, and it's for me, and it belongs to me, and it's not for some other person, and although it is for everybody, but I'm going to believe that it is mine, mine, it belongs to Robbie. Right? I believe, I I am dumb enough to believe that everything in this book that pertains to the promises of God and all of the things that he said, he wrote for me. He wrote it for me. Jesus died on the cross for me. He took the beating for me. He went to hell for me. He took all of the punishment for me. God wrote all of those promises for me. I'm just dumb enough to believe that. Because it's true. Because that's what he said. He said, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Who was the world? Me. That's me. I'm the world. Now, now that I've been reborn, I was of the world and I'm not of the world anymore. Now, now, I'm different. Now, I'm a child of the most high God. So, my faith level should have leveled up, as they say. All the people under 20 just laughed because it was a silly reference. But really, what's stopping us from leveling up? What's stopping us from trusting God? What's stopping us from having faith in what God's Word said? You, you are. You're stopping you. If you're not living in your fullness, you are. And you can blame it on the devil or your job or your kids or your spouse or everything else. But the truth is, is that every day... You make decisions that either advance you in the kingdom of God or retreat you in the kingdom of God. And that's the truth. Your responsibility is not my responsibility for you to develop in the kingdom of God. I do my best. I give you 30 minutes or 38 minutes as best I can. But the truth of the matter is, is that you are responsible for your personal relationship with God. And your faith is what drives that ship. To be continued. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the promises that you've given us. Father, that we can have faith and stand on your word. And we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.